What's up, everyone? Welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Bumie, and thank you so much for sticking by me. I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who listened to my last episode. It's a bonus episode, so if you haven't listened, please go check that out after this one. Anyway, this is our first official official episode in season three. <laughs> And I'm super excited about this. Um, In the Bible study segment, we're doing Romans chapter 1 to chapter 3. And in our scriptural concept segment, we have a really interesting question on spiritual warfare. So stick by me. I also have an interesting person on the Christian take segment. I loved making this episode, y'all. So Bible study first. Let's go. So I think Romans 1-3 was 1-2-3 was such an interesting read. You see, Paul is splendid in the way he writes. It is just splendid. That's that's the only word I have for it. You see this in all his letters, how he takes his audience from the known to the unknown, from what they know to what they don't know. By all indications, he was writing primarily to Jewish Christians in Rome. He uses the tenses us whenever referring to the Jews, so that's my only clue actually. And we know he's Jewish, so kind of makes sense that the others he was writing to primarily were Jewish Christians. I mean, look at all the examples he gave. Law, 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 like really trying to debunk the law. They're pretty Jewish if you're, you're under the law, you know. Like who else, who else really knew the law except Jews and Jewish proselytes? By the way, proselytes are the people of other ethnicities or tribes or nations who became Jewish by religion and served the living God. They were pretty much Gentiles wearing robes but you didn't hear that from me anyway so from the first three chapters which we're doing today there is a tale of equality that's what paul's trying to do paul equalizes both the jews and the gentiles under one umbrella i'm sure the jews were like cringe what we used to be better than these people or so they thought but paul says all along they've been the same they've all been under sin it's a funny thing how he reduces the Jews God's chosen people in quote well they're pretty much God's chosen people but whatever (laughs) who consider themselves pure and better than Gentiles to equal to the Gentiles here are some points to note from Romans chapters 1 to 3 a little tip when studying your bible if you want to memorize scripture or you want to remember scripture where it is where it's found what it says a good thing to start with just to start with is to take popular scriptures that you know about that you've heard you use severally before and then learn a verse after it or a verse before it take it easy on yourself so you can learn one verse at a time and with time you'd be able to quote entire chapters entire books entire bible who knows anyway in case you're wondering why do i need to learn scripture why do i need to learn how to quote or why do i need to memorize scripture because sometimes you'll be preaching to people and you don't exactly have time to flip open the bible but you want to know what it says when you're having conversations trust me it helps anyway back to point one First point is the gospel is God's power demonstrated to us. I think that's very important. Romans 1.16 For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ Jesus for it's God's power unto salvation. Salvation is the greatest miracle to ever happen. Greatest. That God became man to die for man so that man shall live forever as God. Did I pretty much sum it all up? Like that's the miracle right there and so God literally said you know what this simple act just believing on this simple act 
I mean, simple for us, right? But it was, it was a tough thing for Jesus to do. But God says, just believing on it is how you're saved. Crazy. That's the extent, not extent, but that's the fullness of God's power. Wrapped all in one message and gifted to us on a platter of faith. Just believe in me. That's all he's saying. It's the best news of your life. I'm very sure of it. No news is going to top the gospel. No news. It doesn't matter what it is. Because no news has eternal value. Only the gospel does. And you see, the gospel is not new. It has been in in the wheels of the world from the foundation of the world. Also, the Gentiles had no law, but they had a moral law. That's another thing I learned. They had something guiding them on the inside. Their conscience witnessed that there was a God. They couldn't deny it. So while the Jews had the law and flounced it, the Gentiles didn't, but they knew. Even when they were acting sinful, they knew. They just did. And so, when Paul goes through the motions and, you know, explains how the Gentiles, although they had no law, their hearts were like a law to them. He goes, hold on, Jews, you're not exempt. <laughs> he says, because, aren't you guys worse off? You guys knew the law. You knew what God wanted. And you messed up. It's pretty hard. I don't know why I'm so hard on the Jews. Please don't blame me. Anyway. And he says, the Jews knew God's righteous standards. And they just couldn't keep up. All of this, the law, the Gentiles, the Israelites, God's chosen people, everything in the old covenant was leading up to the point where we needed the gospel, where we needed Jesus. That was all it was leading up to. God was trying to show everyone that see, whether I give you law or I don't give you law, you cannot keep up with righteousness. Because God is going to judge us based on his own righteousness. I mean, why would he judge you based on your own righteousness? That's crazy. Don't you think? Don't you think it's unfair? Don't you think some people have a propensity for sin more than others? Don't you think that some people's conscience would teach them a different thing from another person's conscience, maybe because difference in cultures and all of that? There's so many variables with us human beings, but not with God. His righteousness is certain. His righteousness is one, holy, sacred, most holy. It's only fair that God judges the world based on his righteousness and to be honest that's really righteous and nobody could measure up so that's why he sent jesus so you stop trying seriously stop anyway i know you might ask now so why jews and paul kind of answer that answers that question as well so he's like so what advantage does the jew have well in a sense, they have some sort of advantage. Simply that. Jesus came through their lineage. That's pretty much it. They have no other advantage. Their circumcision, their laws. Nothing was an advantage to them. In fact, the law was only given to show them the extent of their sinfulness. <clears throat> Pardon me to show them how much they needed God to show them that they couldn't even be righteous if they tried and so the whole world is under sin and that's what we can learn from Romans chapters 1, 2, 3 honestly if you read Romans and just read chapters 1 chapter 1 or maybe chapter 1 and 2 you might be a little confused until you like you know get into the next verses i guess that's why it's a letter 
it, you know the bible wasn't originally written in chapters and verses so kind of makes sense that the thoughts would follow each other and you can't just take one chapter a couple of verses out of context and make it mean what you want it to mean that doesn't make sense anyway so the whole world is under sin that's the finality of it all in essence Paul was trying to prove to the Romans that you're not different from the Gentiles the Jewish Roman Jewish Christians the Jewish Christians in Rome that sounds better (laughs) but he was trying to tell them you're not any different you know like all of us breakfast <laughs> all of us are under sin we're all gonna eat this judgment <laughs> and that we all are saved through faith in Jesus Christ all have sinned Romans 3:23 and come short of the glory of God but all are justified being justified <laughs> by faith in Christ Jesus. So one part of chapter 3 in verse 31 is it's kind of a struggle for a lot of people. You know, if you've heard this verse before, tell me in the comments on my social media. There are no comments on podcasts. Anyway. It says, do we then discard the law? Or do we then throw away the law that grace may abound? No. God forbid. Rather, we uphold the law. And so a lot of people are like, see, 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 we still need the law. See, see, we uphold it. Well, if you read in context, you'd find out that upholding at that point means that we by faith in Christ Jesus we do what the law had talked about all along what the whole point of the law was in the first place like I said earlier the law was only given to show them the extent of their sinfulness and how much they needed Christ it wasn't given so that it would be obeyed to give them a form of righteousness any righteousness that you got by the law was self-righteousness and not God's righteousness and to be honest it didn't measure up Isaiah says their righteousness was like a filthy rag tampons menstrual pads menstrual cups that that's how their righteousness was and so upholding the law is doing what the law all along was sent to do that is to show you that you're sinful and you need faith in Jesus. Well, to show the Jewish Roman Christians, but well, yeah, you know, you get the point. Anyway, I totally loved reading Romans 1 to 3, and I'll be doing 4 to 7, 4 to 6. Why I say 7? Man, my math sucks. I'll be doing 4 to 6 in the coming week. Stay tuned for the Christian Take segment. be very married <laughs> very very married just so y'all do because i know people listen to podcasts and they fall for people's voices like they go, oh. no, no, no. i don't think my voice is something people really fall for ah. i don't i don't have that voice i thought so as well oh but then the feedback i've been getting oh i love your voice oh, please calm down everybody should come here to this shut up you do <laughs> oap stuff speak for you to have minds to come out and say oh i want to apply for that oap job then it means that you have a good voice i know i do have a good I didn't think it was that. I beg. Erotic. 
That's which one be erotic? <laughs> Any boys can actually be erotic, right? depending on the intent. So yeah, <clears throat> I get it. I'm very married. He's very married, guys. Yeah. He's very very married. And Jimmy Adeni, welcome on the podcast. This is his first time. This will not be your last time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much for that weird welcome. <laughs> I forgive you. I'm gracious. So, first of all, Jimmy runs um, Brothers Keeper. So tell us a little bit about Brothers Keeper. Okay, um, Brothers Keeper is um, a faith-based mental health organization that seeks to create a more emotionally sensitive world, um, a world that um, everyone understands the concept of grace, which is the gospel of Christ, and um, everyone can relate or treat every single person as a human that Jesus died for. So basically, the idea is that people understand that people are actually really going through stuff and you understand how to be there for them how to be sensitive in their time of need and how to be um also very gracious and not judgmental basically be a safe space to everybody around you so for brothers keeper um that's what we're focusing on and that's what we're doing yeah i used to be a volunteer on brothers keeper yeah until you quit <laughs> Jimmy, don't open my ass here, okay? That's very weird. I'm not I allowed can't. <laughs> But yeah, so in light of the open marriage conversation that's been happening on Twitter in the past past week. Yeah, that's crazy, sharp because like yeah. what's going on on Twitter? I, I'm like, there's always something happening on that app. I I, oh. I I went online and I was like, hmm, I just saw it and I'm like, one. open marriage is why are we talking about this? Why is, why is this a thought? Why is this a valid thought? But then I guess it's always something with those people. And on the Christian Take segment, what we really do, or what we literally do, is that we take a a concept, a concept in the world, something that's happening, and then we take it back to scripture and we say, okay, what would Jesus do in this situation? So it's pretty much a what would Jesus do segment. So I would really want to talk about navigating friendships in marriage. Alright. Yeah. So you've been married what like three, four months? Three and a half months now. Oh, yeah, actually three three months, two weeks exactly. So yeah. Oh. Anyway, so Jimmy's been married a couple of months and I think that there's there's going to there's going to be a shift, whether we like it or not. There is already so a shift. So first of all, I am one of your female friends. Yeah. What what's that look? I am I understand, you know, you used to be best friend until I demoted you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you for confessing what you actually did. Yeah, so, I had to. Jimmy demoted me for being his best friend because he's a married man, right? Oh, that was not why, because someone else came up and then they decided to even, they brought the battle up to you and you couldn't <laughs> contest and they, they took your place. You guys. Okay, so basically, my own question is this. How has the shift been? friendships especially with females with women um i've realized now that um it is is really it is a really sensitive topic Mm -hmm. because many people want to live their lives and also have their spouse and they want to be independent but in a relationship so i want to be able to be myself but i want to be in a relationship i want to be loved the way that i am and the way that I am is that I have these parts of myself I'm unwilling to share with my partner and I don't want them to tamper with it. I just want them to accept it. Yeah. And the funny thing is if the tables are turned, they won't accept. So most people are um, unrealistic in their expectations. So for me, right, um, I also I had an incident where I was unusually close to this person and uh, my wife found out about it and she was uncomfortable and we had to have the conversation it was it wasn't easy for me but it was one of the way me i was learning to understand that um these boundaries need to actually 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 be set um so yeah i feel like here's what the bible says a man should leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife and the two shall become one this means that there is no part of your life that you're not sharing that you're not um that that is just for you do you realize that when you get married you no longer own yourself you can't decide that it's it's not a oh i want my freedom kind of thing i want to be able to do my stuff is a you have you have joined your life with someone else 
now you are one yeah. and once you are one your decision your actions your desires you have to change them it and dealing with this change is what people realize that oh my god oh i don't want to go through this this is scary i don't want to actually have to lose myself mm. and become somebody else yeah. but um that's the beauty of love yeah. that's the beauty of love and this is what god provides for us in salvation in the sense that it says the you're a new creation at 7 Corinthians 5 17 yeah. old man is dead and then you're being born again yeah. and it means that the person you used to be is no longer there yeah. now you're a new person and this is what marriage is yeah. marriage is more like a, it's more like a rebirth of somebody yeah. and if you realize that you cannot come into marriage saying oh this is how I am yeah. this is what I want to be mm-hmm. this is where I want to go mm-hmm. then you're not ready for marriage yeah. you're ready for marriage when you can accept that your life is now someone else's and her life is now yours and so no one does anything for themselves but you do something because of the relationship that you're in i mean because of the place where you're in because of the other person or because of the both of you combined basically um i I think there's this verse of the scripture that says um where it talks about where we no longer live for ourselves but live for him who gave himself so basically that's just the idea of marriage yeah so basically that's just the idea of marriage and so having to come from that ideology and that concept and saying okay how do i how does this play with my female friends i understand that any relationship without boundaries will always 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 go over bank Mm -hmm. and somebody will drown and so yeah yeah so there has to be like i can't there's certain things i can't do anymore i've realized this and i'm like and I feel like most of the female, because I didn't keep a lot of female friends, most of the female friends around me understand that, oh, okay, things have changed. Yeah. They understand when I'm unavailable. And I try to do things where my wife is also involved yeah. so that I don't go hanging out with people or go doing things that um, only me wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, some people feel like, oh, that's like bondage. You can't live yeah, your life anymore. Like you but, I mean, that's, that's marriage. Marriage is not bondage, and the fusion of two people is one of the most beautiful things you would ever see. When you guys come to that point where you're actually one with somebody else, it's beautiful, and the fellowship is crazy. And many people don't see that aspect because, of course, beauty takes effort, and you know the effort it takes to build that unity, that oneness is something people find hard to do, especially because humanity is naturally selfish. Everyone wants to look out for themselves. Um, yesterday we had a discussion about prenup and we we're talking about how that is looking out for yourself mm-hmm. especially when you're trying to be with somebody and I was like me I would never sign a prenup yeah. and um, it was a long conversation mm-hmm. but anyways the idea of Christian marriage is being joined to somebody else yeah. and, and it's, it's it, looking for the other person exactly and I, I like I like the way you have put it through that light already because when we see marriage as a mirror of our salvation we realize how how involved we are in it and i can't imagine a broken salvation exactly it is like saying i'm christian but i'm also atheist it makes no sense yeah yeah but the funny thing is that people do see that well um i feel like if you really understand the faith you it's only one way to the father and you can't say um like it's like all those people that say um, we and some other religions serve oh, yeah, the same god the same uh, and it's that, because that like yeah open yeah that's like open christianity yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> nothing like open christianity because we don't serve the same god yeah, uh, i mean they reject the very thing that um is the that saves us, yeah yeah exactly exactly so mm-hmm. the the very anchor of our faith, faith. is is what they actually all reject and then we have the oh we we accept and that's natural there's a moral law that says oh there is right and wrong no, or definitely. there there's the like something i think is in romance where um it was talking about how there is a recognition yeah. natural puts romance in yeah romance 20. 20 so it's talking about putting god has put so that even people that do not know that God exists would have a they witness, have yeah. So basically, in, in telling them that there's a supernatural being. Definitely. So I will agree that everybody recognizes that no, there's I'm a God. Yeah, yeah. There, there's that. Yeah. But well, the crux, I mean, the anchor of our Christian of our faith, faith lies on right. Jesus. Yes, exactly. And so he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He wrote it, dropped the pen, closed the book, published it. And anybody, that, yeah, you get anybody that is not taking 
the edition of the book that Jesus himself wrote. I'm sorry, you're out of it. And so we do not serve the same God. Yeah. And a real Christian, mm-hmm. someone that's actually a believer, will not come out and say we serve the same God. Yeah. Because we have just one way to the Father, yeah. through Jesus. And um, that being said, it means that it's impossible to, in Christian faith, have an open, an open salvation. salvation. I think that one thing that's very interesting and, and this comes from poor teaching because a lot of people don't realize yeah. that when you believe and you've entered into a definite close relationship between yourself and the holy spirit exactly where god is like i'm going to hold on to you god is like i've promised and i've translated you into my kingdom you are now my child like there there's a definite change that happens he gave you eternal life your nature is now his nature there's something that actually did happen but i don't think a lot of christians have taught that when they first became christians so because there's that discrepancy in information a lot of people don't get it and and if we look at it from that angle it is easy to see that if i cannot have an open salvation and marriage is a mirror of my salvation then i cannot have Have an open open marriage marriage. yeah it makes it makes no sense you know people these days like to walk um on on grounds that they only feel like so i feel like um someone can come and say why would i give myself to one person Mm. um when i can have more more yeah and and yeah yeah (laughs) you get (laughs) yeah yeah, and and it's just the same way that in africa i think i was listening to pastor arian sermon about rainbow and it was like in africa the tradition here polygamy yeah is against um homosexuals homosexuality but they support polygamy yes and all all there in the west mm-hmm. they are against polygamy, polygamy but they support, they support. and these are changing cultures and yeah. if i move from here to here it's totally different mm-hmm. but there's the the law of christ is is is, is balanced it's yes. universal yeah. it goes against all the cultures mm. like it is just one so yeah. at the end of the day it's not shifting balance yeah. so if in this area like in asia we feel like uh we can eat lizards and all yeah. the way here we don't feel like we yeah. want to yeah, exactly. then we can't nobody can start to say oh um this is, is right, right or this is, is wrong, so exactly. the problem with where there's no law is that the lines of Right, um, and right and yeah. wrong is blurred yeah. because human humanity is naturally wicked. If yeah. you decide that all of us can start to work from where we are feeling, there will be sociopaths on the streets walking with the way they are feeling, yeah. kidnapping and killing people. There will be people doing all these yeah. things. That's why they need to be an absolute right and wrong. They, yeah. These things are absolute. An objective. Yeah, do you get? Um, do you get? We can all. And funny thing is, we don't even have to agree on it. Like, we need to be able to accept, accept it, whether it. we agree. Exactly, or because at the end of the day, due to the fuse and all of that, people will disagree with. Oh, but no matter how much you disagree with the laws of the land, you have to obey them. If not, you end up in jail. So yeah. So basically, just like Christianity, there are rules. There, are, there there's all of these things. You. Can, we can't walk with our feelings. Now, mm. we're no longer those people that listen to our feelings. We're yeah. those people that walk by the spirit. The Bible says, "We are the circumcision." We worship not in the flesh, but we boast in Christ Jesus, yeah. and we put no confidence in the flesh and all of that. Yeah. And so we now we 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 are led by the Spirit, yeah. and that's why we're children of God. Yeah. So when we became born again, something changed in our inside. Yeah. Not just that um was that they took our fleshy heart and made it. I mean mm-hmm. our stony heart and made it fleshy. Mm-hmm. But is that our desires have been changed? Yes. We just need to be able to let those desires play out we need yes. to let the spirit move yeah, and so this is not our first yeah nature. it's not second nature it's not it's you get it's like you're new entirely yeah, it's really like not. taking a hard disk mm-hmm. that I used to have only movies yeah i format that hard disk yeah and, and i put something else sermons. yeah same one you get mm-hmm. or i just put one music or something mm-hmm. so if you pick up the hard disk maybe you saw the hard disk yesterday you had all the movies you wanted to watch yeah and you pick up the hard disk and you're like, oh, let me play this John Wick movie. And you open it and you no longer find the movies. Yeah. That hard disk is no longer what it used to be to you. Yeah. So in, it is now oh, just this Microsoft Word document inside. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm done with this. Micro- this thing is boring. Drop it. Yeah. So you realize that you see that the hard disk is still the same hard yeah. disk. But the content, well, the has, content changed. has changed. And if the content has changed, then the hard disk is no longer the same hard disk that the you used to know. Yeah, the same. You get. Yeah. So at the end of the day, that's what God did. Mm-hmm. And 
that way we can't work with our feelings as a christian you can't be saying oh because i feel this way then this is what i am mm-hmm. it's because the spirit in me is what defines who i am that's yeah. the, so the bible says those are led by the spirit of god as are sons of god, god. Yeah. so that is, is an identity thing yeah. So that's how I that's who I am, not what I feel. What I feel. Because of I course we we'll feel we we'll feel most things. Yeah, we'll I, feel. I think I actually believe that the reason why or a reason why it, this conversation is happening and I don't imagine that it, it would be happening in Christian circles, but I think the uh, that is why I have this segment because I think that some conversations are like it's happening in the mind of Christians. Um unfortunately Christian circles are not circles to have conversations like this exactly yeah, so um, you could have people who are thinking it, but they cannot come out and talk to someone oh, about no, it. because they'll be judged yeah, stuff, they, yeah. And they don't want to be judged mm. so um, that's that's why I have these segments like this and so I think that the what actually happens is that they have these thoughts and because they don't have like a safe space like what brothers give by those where there's a safe space for them to talk about these things the thought just festers it's in their mind and they're thinking about it and more and more everything yeah, is becoming yeah, more realistic yeah. like yeah you know mm-hmm. and um one of the um one scripture that really came to mind when i was um thinking about this topic was philippians 4 8 that says um, whatever things are good whatever things are I'm kind pure, yeah. whatever things are pure so think on those things yeah. so there is a there's something about our mind our mind is the seat of our consciousness mm-hmm. so everything that we do is a product of the mind in fact i've been watching this interesting show called the mentalist and he even talks Never about how show. pain you have to if the lead cast face this his face just it makes me feel weird so, so beautiful like, such a fine man i'm just like there's something about his <laughs> nose that just weirds me off you're a hater i i, oh. see, I see you as a hater already <laughs> <laughs> that guy's nose i'm like ah, he's the mentalist he looks like he's feeling himself too much so I'm like, <laughs> well he is actually patrick jane is very proud and exactly so i just i saw the picture like i'm not about to watch another <laughs> man feel like he's the ruler of the world but yeah like but there's something he says which I think is very interesting. He talks about how the mind is the seat of the pain. Uh-huh. Like the way how you feel pain in your body depends on how you receive it in your mind. Uh-huh. So um, you, you see little experiments like putting ice in someone's hand and the person thinks it's fire. So it starts to burn the person. You've seen things like that. It's so hot. Oh my God, I can't hold on to it. So i think that when we train our minds and we can by the spirit because like you said yeah. we are changed people yeah the spirit of god is now the operating factor i think that when we train our minds to walk in the direction of the spirit then we would not fulfill the desires yeah, of our flesh. flesh yeah so yeah. how do how do i um train my mind by keeping on those things exactly like for yeah, yeah. Like i stay on, on i meditate yeah. on the right things yeah. Myself, I'm studying. I'm studying scriptures. Whenever things about open marriage comes to mind, I'm thinking to myself, okay, what does God actually say about marriage? What is God's plan for marriage? Mm-hmm. What is God's plan for my salvation? Like mm-hmm. you said earlier, and I think that 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 literally shapes your thinking. Exactly. It's exactly. not. There's nothing wrong with thinking about it over and over again. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know why certain things in the world gets accepted? Yeah. Um, someone comes out with. Pant and bra mm-hmm. on the stage, mm-hmm. and people are like, Oh my god, that's it's terrible! Yeah, it's terrible. But the person for, keeps coming out for other people do it, yeah, then it becomes normal, yeah. And so, the world generally sits and gets comfortable with seeing people. With so, when you see somebody that's not on pant and bra on stage, it's like, Oh, you're boring, people are doing more than this, yeah. So, you get and and you're realizing that, um, that's what meditation does, yeah. And the principle the, is, is, is pure clear, and, it works, and, yeah. and the problem with the Christian community that I have mm. is that there are not many people to actually be able to bear yourself to. Mm. The reality of things is that mm. we forget that we are all people trying to use the spirit, mm-hmm. trying to listen to the spirit, war- worrying with our flesh. Mm-hmm. And so some people feel like, oh my God, I, I don't know, you're, you're just like, they, when you talk to somebody, you feel them con- like looking down on you. Yeah. Like I remember once when I was in school, someone told me that he was doubting my faith. Um, because. Why? 
I had talked to someone else and I think the person went to tell him what I said about what I was struggling with. Oh. And then, because I used to really preach beautifully in the youth fellowship, after one day I finished preaching such a good sermon mm-hmm. and about love and all of that and I came down. I was like, me, I was even blessed. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so after I was really, like, really happy yeah. and I, I wanted to go, he just came to me. He told me, Bonnie, um, uh, I'm doubting your salvation. And, <laughs> and, and that, that, that shook me because for someone that had just been used by the Spirit, I doubted the work of the Spirit in me. And I heard what that guy said and he haunted me for years. And you realize that as much as I feel like I'm connected to the spirit, sometimes I hear that guy's voice in my head saying, mm-hmm. oh, um, I doubt your salvation. Mm-hmm. I'm very sure that I'm saved yeah. right now. But a few years ago, I remember battling with this voice in my head, mm-hmm. this guy's echoing voice. And this is and what the community... How a believer yeah, is that Yeah, voice. yeah, you get? This is what the Christian community is now to a lot of people. people. And it's not just for people struggling with um, sexual sins Mm-mm. or people struggling with um, pornography. I, like, I could just say, I don't know how. I, people judge you because you say, oh, I can't stop eating. Mm-hmm. And and you're, you you somehow it's, some, it's sensitive. Mm-hmm. You don't want to talk about it anymore because it's a place of shame for mm-hmm. you. And now the Bible says confess your sins one to another because when you expose it, when yes. you shine the dark, the, when you expose darkness to light, light, it will not. There will be no darkness anymore. Yeah. It will be easy for you to handle it. But you it. can't confess your sins once or another. Because uh, yeah, light, yeah, light is pushing yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, Exactly. So at the end of the day, I feel like people should do more like Christ. Like, mm. like for me, I, I, I want to talk about it every day. Yeah. I want the Christian community to be more, more, more graceful, mm. especially because. That's the crux of our salvation. That's the crux of our belief. It's on grace. And if you don't show that same grace, it's just like the um, servant that was owing five billion, and then the one that was owing, I mean, five k, and then he went to put somebody in prison. Someone that they had just um, forgiven his debts. He found someone else that was owing him some more money, and he put him in prison. And you get like, so yeah, it's like, like where's he, the grace? Do you grace get? From? Where is he coming from? Where's that? need to feel like oh i'm better than everybody mm. or because i prayed 12 hours yesterday yeah. you know that vibe and so like the christian community is in dire need i've seen some because of brother skipper mm. i've heard so many stories that breaks my heart i'm like people don't have to go through this yeah. if the christian community was actually more graceful. Was more graceful exactly if we were all more graceful than we would naturally be even when we hear just about our friend like ah, more this person is always like this mm-hmm. and stuff like that we've judged them we've come like these people always be this kind of mm-hmm. like in our small circles there's these whole things happening and there's no grace going around and yeah. um, pe- everybody's hiding and even in this day where we are more even would i say enlightened about um being able to mental express health. and yeah. mental health and express ourselves but we are unable to because a lot of people have circles but they are just a full stop mm like they are just all points they 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 don't feel connected they can't talk about the things that you'll be shocked the kind of things that people have really 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 dealing with and then so it's hard sometimes because um the world is very vocal about their points of view and they are more accepting Mm -hmm. because the world doesn't have rules or regulations so they don't have anything goes triggered and so people accept the idea of open marriages People accept the idea of because the world accepts them, and yeah. it's you shout that like, why are you always going to the world because the world is very is much more accepting yeah, than, than the place where they should yeah. even feel most at home. Most, Do you get? Yes. So at the end of the day, for me, I think I feel like the gospel that we're preaching has to come with love. I mean, there was a time that Pastor Mendoza do a commentary about I think Second Timothy chapter one from verse five to eight or something talking about the motive of why we preach the gospel. Mm. Why? Jesus was filled with compassion. That's why he went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed. I mean, he was anointed. Do you yeah. get? But like, compassion yeah. was why. See, you see why. You just hear a lot of times when you say Jesus was moved with compassion, mm. and we realize that you need to have compassion for the sins, yeah. not because you are you know so much. I most of us preach because or more. I know Bible. Mm. Well, the reason why we're preaching is because I love this person so much, yeah. and I know that this person would not be saved. If, if you don't hear it, you get, yeah. and so I know this person will also not be encouraged uh, if I don't uh, share if I don't, you God's get, word, if I don't pray with them, I, and that should be the motive of our Christian exactly, in general. Exactly, exactly. So, so basically, yeah, yeah it, it's it, it, it's a crazy word out there, 
there, there's no need like there will probably be no need for people like me um like brothers keeper yeah if we if all were we individually all were individually graceful safe spaces yeah. and graceful yeah so i i mean pretty much in 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 general what we've said today is simple and how the idea of open marriages itself is not a christian idea no it's not, it's not, it's not open. the bible is clear about open marriage open marriage is like it would be about one wife i know there were police yeah do you get Contradictory, open a marriage together. Three is a crowd. Three is a crowd. But yeah, so um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, thank you so much to every single person who has listened. I didn't think I was supposed to sign out in this segment. Actually, there's a segment that comes up. Okay, let me start again. So that's it on open marriages. If you enjoyed this segment, be sure to follow Jimmy on social media. What's your handle? Jimmy Damilola. Jimmy Damilola. On everywhere. Damilola. If you don't Every- find it, if you don't find it, that means I'm known that on on social that, media. Yeah. So it's Platform. Instagram, Twitter. It's at J I M I D A M I L O L E. Right. Got it. Good. So Jimmy Damilola follows Jimmy on social media. Also follow Brothers Keeper on social media. Thank you very much it's for that. Brothers, then K double E P R. P R yeah. Then NG. Yeah. So that's Brothers Keeper on social media. And see you on the next Christian Take segment. Bye. Thank you. Bunye hits record. Her dogs start barking. On this episode, Sharon asks me a really important question. Check this out. Today I'll be answering Sharon's question. I think spiritual warfare is such an important topic in the body of Christ today. There are bare ministries started after this thing, you know. People whose mandate and entire, I don't know, vision, mission statement is spiritual warfare. To fight the devil. That's why they're here. That's why these churches started in the first place. And honestly... I don't have an issue with the knowledge of the devil, but I have an issue with spiritual warfare being tagged as an oppression, fight the devil. That's not what the Bible teaches us. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 to 5 is a very interesting verse that talks about spiritual warfare. It says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God for the pulling down of every stronghold. So we're not just saying spiritual warfare is not a physical thing. So it doesn't matter how long you kabash or stamp your feet on the ground to step on the devil, imaginary devil, or, you know, punch the air or how many times you repeat the same things over and over again or how long you pray. It's really not what spiritual warfare is about. I mean, I thought the spiritual in the warfare would, you know, give off the clue, but it doesn't. It says, it is mighty through God for the breaking down of strongholds. Now, if you stop here, you can start to pray. It fires you up immediately. But then go on in the verse. You see what the strongholds are. And every high thing that exalts itself over the knowledge of God. It's a knowledge thing. It's a mind thing. Isn't that crazy? 
a lot of times when people quote this verse they just quote the first part get you fired up you start praying in tongues da, 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 da. but hold on a minute the bible is telling us here that if indeed we're fighting we're not fighting a devil in some place in our village we're first of all fighting a devil in our minds we're fighting the knowledge of anything that exalts itself over the power of god the first point of spiritual warfare i'd like you to know about sharon is that when we got saved our spirits were changed and transformed into the likeness of god we became children of god but you see our minds our minds were already used to a master sin was our master Romans um, Romans 6 verse 14 tells us that sin shall no longer have dominion over you for you're no longer under law but grace. There is a change of power now. So your mind is used to the old order of things. It's used to the carnal nature of things. It's used to things working in a certain way. It has a certain propensity to see things in a different light. And so the first place that you need to tackle by the word of God, by the knowledge of the word of God, not by prayer, but by the knowledge of the word of God is your mind. You need to get your mind used to the things of God, used to the unctions of God, used to its new master, which is the spirit, which is the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And so when it says for the the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty through god for the bringing down of every stronghold and every high thing that exalts itself over the knowledge of god it's literally telling you that what we fight with is the word of god i didn't say the bible i said the word of god we can say the logos we can say jesus christ or we can say what he says about you that's what we're fighting with that's our sword a reality for the Christian is that we have been rescued from the kingdom of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his dear son that's not going to change that is as sure as our salvation is sure we are in a different kingdom and so I have this question to ask if you are in the kingdom of God currently and your new life Colossians 3 3 is hid with Christ in God how is it that any devil from the village can get to you and tie you up I mean if there was a devil that could do that shouldn't we be serving that devil instead I mean isn't he the powerful one but that's not the case and if you surely can say that's not the case then we know for certain that none of these things can get to us Romans chapter 8 verse 37 39 it says we are more than conquerors and how are we more than conquerors because nothing can separate us from the love of Christ Jesus it says nothing alive nothing dead nor principalities nor powers nor demons we have an assurance it's littered all over scripture and so when we think of the devil very often we're thinking of some imaginary force from somewhere when in fact the real devil is in our minds that's who we're fighting I mean the battles already won but that's what we're constantly the wars already been won but that's what we're constantly battling we're battling our mind into submission to the truth of God's word every day that we transform our mind by prayer by study of God's word every day we're putting our minds into submission we're not conforming to the standards of this world the standards of the old man we're now transformed and conforming to the standards of the spirit that's the difference
so you see when when people think about um spiritual warfare we should first think internal not quite external do devils in some village tie people up I presume they do I mean certainly if there is a god there's a devil he certainly has some measure of power I mean the Bible tells us the devil is the prince of the power of the air he's in control of the world of those of this of the sons of disobedience but we have a higher authority don't forget that it's very important that as Christians we always remember that we have a higher authority and so our minds first place we're fighting spiritual warfare is our minds so you may ask how do I fight what do I need to do instead of focusing on fighting the devil in your mind or fighting the devil in some village <laughs> you should focus on Jesus and what he has done and what he has said about you in his word that is the way to fight focus on the gift of the spirit that you have on the inside focus on who you are as a child of God and then walk in the light of the knowledge of this truth that's the only way to fight are you praying because you want to fight the devil or are you praying because you have a relationship with God are you studying your Bible because you want to know what passages I, I used to hear this in church when I was younger you need to know the Bible because you need to know what to tell the devil when he attacks I'm like that doesn't tally with scripture because last I remember the devil knows scriptures anyway anyway are you reading your Bible or are you knowing your Bible because you want to know how to attack the devil when the time of adversary comes or are you studying the word of God because you want to know what God says about you check your motives don't focus on the devil instead focus on God and what he has done for you this is how to fight spiritual warfare as a believer I would like to say thank you so much Sharon for that question and I hope people learned from it if you'd like to you can send a voice note like Sharon did and you can ask me any question whatsoever my email is bandswithbunier at gmail.com okay see you in the next one